Praise the Lord. This is Brother Julius Adeomi. We are going through the Gospel of John. And now I'm in chapter 19, which is going to be the crucifixion. And then the next chapter will be resurrection. I will go through it and read and then stop and give some comments. Chapter 19 from verse 1. Then Pilate therefore took Jesus and scorched him. And the soldiers plaited a crown of thorns and put it on his head. And they put on him a purple robe and said, Hail, King of the Jews. And they smote him with their hands. Now you have to say all of this torment and persecution and flogging, it is for a purpose. God planned that that should be how it should be done. He was bruised for iniquities, he was wounded for our transgression. Isaiah prophesied it. That the chastisement of our peace was for him. So you wonder, somebody that was condemned to die, why do they have to flog him? First, you say it's because God has ordained that this is how it will be. That's why he said in the book of Isaiah, chapter 53, he was wounded for our transgression, he was bruised for iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was for him, and by his stripes, by his stripes, we are healed. So there was a purpose for that. That God has said this is for a purpose. Well, because sin has to be dealt with. The repercussion of sickness, diseases and sickness also have to be dealt with, have to be paid. It's like a ransom for our soul. That was what was prophesied and ordained according to what God has already planned. And that was why, according to the other rendering, Pontius Pilate, the governor, said, I will more or less chastise him and let him go. And they allowed him, he chastised him, but they still let him go. They still want him killed. So, which means it was like double punishment also. Because he said, I will chastise him and let him go. And he sent them to go chastise him. After he chastised him, he said, Here is the man. He said, No, crucify him. So, all you see, the, the chiefs that were crucified with him, they were not beaten, they were not flogged. Also, they just took them to go and be crucified. But he first said, I will chastise him and let him go. And then after he chastised him, they said, no, you know, we want you to crucify this man. So that was, but that was not how it was reported here. This was how Apostle John reported it. Verse 4. Pilate therefore went forth again and said unto them, Behold, I bring him forth to you that ye may know that I find no fault in him. Then came, for, then came Jesus forth wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. And Pilate said unto them, Behold the man. When the chief priest therefore and officers saw him, they cried out, saying, Crucify him, crucify him. Pilate said unto them, Take him and crucify him, for I find no fault in him. The Jews answered him, We have a law, and by our law he ought to die, because he made himself the Son of God. See, they are talking about blasphemy. But see, when Pilate therefore heard that saying, he was the more afraid. 
and went again into the judgment hall and said unto Jesus, Whence art thou? I mean, where do you come from? But Jesus gave him no answer. Then said Pilate unto him, Speakest thou not unto me? Knowest thou not that I have power to crucify thee and have power to release thee? And Jesus addressed that. Jesus answered, Thou coolest have no power at all against me, except it were given thee from above. Therefore, he that delivered me unto thee has the greater sin. From thenceforth, Pilate sought to release him. But the Jews cried out, saying, If thou let this man go, thou art not Caesar's friend. Whosoever maketh himself a king, speaketh against Caesar. Now they are making it a Ready to go and accuse the governor to the higher authority, Caesar, the king in Rome. That if you let this man go, you are you are yourself against Caesar because Caesar is the king of the world. And anybody make to himself the king is speaking against Caesar. So that is going to terrify Pilate, who was a politician. He doesn't want to be in trouble with his boss in Rome. When Pilate therefore heard that say, he brought Jesus forth and sat down in the judgment seat in a place that is called the pavement, but in the Hebrew tongue, Gabata. So now he was saying, he was like, say, what, what am I going to, what am I gaining from this man of Galilee? He wanted to just send them out the way they wanted him to be sent. And it was the preparation of the Passover and about the sixth hour. The sixth hour is 12 noon. Excuse me. They have been doing this since about 9 a.m. That's when they started about third hour. By the sixth hour, 12 noon, the governor said, let him just do what he wants to do. And it was the preparation of this Passover and about the sixth hour. The preparation of the Passover, people believe that was Friday in the during the day because the Passover normally starts. Friday night is Saturday night, evening and morning. So Passover will start around 6 p.m. on Friday and then till 6 p.m. on Saturday. That's their, that's their Sabbath. Their Sabbath starts from 6 p.m. on Saturday. So any preparation they have to do quickly is morning till about 6 p.m. They have to wrap it up on a Friday. So he say the preparation for the, of the Passover. And about the 6th hour, which is 12 noon, he said unto the Jews, Behold your king! But they cried out, Away with him! Away with him! Crucify him! Pilate said unto them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priest answered, We have no king but Caesar. Right? They just sealed their doom. Verse 16, Then delivered he him therefore unto them to be crucified. And they took Jesus and led him away. And he bearing his cross went forth into a place called the place of his call, which is called in the Hebrew, Golgotha. Where they crucified him and two other with him on either side one. And Jesus in the midst. Verse 19. So you can see that was they brought this the thieves that were this these people already greedy, they just said, let's just crucify all of them together. But so those these were not flogged. They just took them for crucifixion. But this idea of first flogging, the logical was because it was a was ordination it was ordained that he should be first flogged for his stripes is to heal us according to the prophecy in the book of Isaiah Isaiah chapter 53 
So now verse 9 said the pilot wrote a title and put it on the cross. And the writing was Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. This title then read many of the Jews for the place where Jesus was crucified was nigh to the city. And it was written in Hebrew and Greek and Latin. Now let's see this same report in Luke about the, the title that was written on, on the cross. Well, Apostle John put those details here for a purpose. Because they were the, that's where the, the Jews saw that they didn't like what was put as it as he, he said, it's like saying the Roman Empire killed your king. So they won't say, well, no, don't say he's our king. Say he said he's the king. So that they want to say he's the one claiming to be the king. Um, and they want they want uh, the, the governor to change that title. They know, my God, he's not putting his foot down. You guys have been kicking me around, pushing me, and I'm not I'm not going to be, I'm the governor here. Let's see, well, let's see whether Luke said the same thing about that title. Maybe he didn't write anything about what they wrote. That was Luke chapter 23. Yeah, he wrote that the superscription also was written over him in letters of Greek and Latin and Hebrew as verse 38. This is the king of the Jews. That's all he read. He didn't say any follow-up. He didn't write about any follow-up to that statement that he was the king of the Jews. But Apostle John, <coughs> excuse me, but Apostle John detailed that response of the Jews, the rulers of the Jews, about this title. Verse 20 of the Gospel of John chapter 19. See, then this title was read read many of the Jews for the place where Jesus was crucified was nigh to the city. It was written in Hebrew, Greek, and Latin. Then said the chief priests of the Jews to Pilate, Write not the king of the Jews, but as he said, I am king of the Jews. And Pilate answered and said, What I have written, I have written. Now Pilate is now ready to put his foot down. They have kicked him around and said, You must kill this man for us. And he said, He doesn't do anything wrong. No, you must kill him for us. Okay, now he agreed with them. Now he said, Well, you can't put is the king of the Jews. Well, I've written that as well. Now he's putting his foot down. Like, These people are just bombed like a broad ball, as if I am not the governor here. So he said, What I've written, I've written. That's all. So they couldn't do anything about that. Verse 23. When then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, took his garments and made four parts to every soldier a part, and also his coat. Now the coat was without seam. Woven from the top throughout. They said, therefore, among them, said, Let us not rend it, but cast laws for it. Whose it shall be that the scripture might be fulfilled? This Apostle John writing that, that the scripture might be fulfilled. We said, They parted my raiment among them, and for my virtue they did cast lots. And those who are written in the book of Psalms. This is, therefore, the soldiers did. Many things that were written by. King David in the book of Psalms were prophecy about the Messiah. Through Holy Ghost was prophesied through the Mount of David. But when people were reading in those days, they just think it was a song. Before Christ came, the church was just a song. But after this, <coughs> excuse me. After this thing happened, they knew it was prophecy about the Messiah. So there, these things, therefore, did the soldiers did. Verse 25. 
Now, they are stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother, and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Cleopas, and Mary Magdalene. You can imagine how the women that came with, with the Lord Jesus Christ to, from Galilee to Jerusalem, some of them were thinking the kingdom is going to start. Some of them were just dumbfounded. So when this thing happened, they were standing at a distance while she was going on. When the rulers of the uh, of the Jews and the men are crucified, yelling, crucify him, crucify him. Verse 26, now after he has been crucified, the, some of the women moved closer to, to mourn next to the, to the, I mean the mother was there. To mourn next to the crucifixion, next to the cross where these people were being crucified. That would be so sad also. Verse 26, when Jesus therefore saw his mother, and the disciples standing by whom he loved, he said unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. Then said he to the disciple, Behold thy mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her into his own home. So you can see the Lord wanted just because he, the Lord was like uh, the head of the house since Joseph the carpenter was dead long time before that time. So we believe from all the writings that Jesus Christ was the head of the house. Uh, when he was in Capernaum, his mom was staying with him and the other and the other disciple and the other brethren were also coming with their mom when they are younger. And they are also men and uh, women. And they are maybe teenagers as well. But that was what was going on. And then he was more or less putting responsibility to take care of Mary to this disciple that was always close to the Lord Jesus Christ. So he saw the disciple also standing there. All the others fled. That he was still standing there, that's what love does. Love will stand. Love will stand to the end. And he wanted us to love one another to stand to the end, not be not deny and, and forsaken. That the sub that just got love was standing there. Not just trying to see the end. The others will be at a distance looking at this because they are afraid they are going to be arrested too. So but this young this man that was we believe was John the John the Apostle John that was the brother that he said just got love. He was standing there and then Jesus Christ was able to see him from the cross and said to him, Behold the mother, I will take care of my mom, because so speak what he said. And then that disciple went and and uh, took Mary to his own home, like his mom. After this, Jesus knowing that all things were now accomplished, verse 28, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I trust. Now there was set a vessel full of vinegar, and they filled a sponge with vinegar. He put a sponge with the vinegar and put it upon its up and put it to his mouth. Now, this also was a prophecy about how they gave him vinegar to drink in the book of Psalms. When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. I mean, I mean, he finished me, he finished every prophecy. That the when he was thirsty, they gave him vinegar to drink was also in the book of Psalms. That that was thus it was but the, the, when, when the when the prophecy when the prophecy were being written, people did not know what David was talking about. It's someone like when somebody is in the spirit, you are praying, you are speaking in tongues. <coughs> I see something. Like I said, when you are praying and speaking, sometimes the Holy Ghost will be speaking some things that is prophecy. 
And you may not know what it's what all about, but you will go know. So Jesus Christ said, it is finished. Verse 31. The Jews, therefore, because it was the preparation that the bodies should not remain upon the cross on the Sabbath day, but that Sabbath day was an high day. They besought Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. Then came the soldiers and break the legs of the first and of the other, which was crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was dead already, they break not his legs. But one of the soldiers with a spear pierced the side and forthwith came there out blood and water. And he that saw it bear record, and his record is true, and he knoweth that he saith true, that ye may believe. For these things were done that the scripture should be fulfilled. A bone of him shall not be broken. You see that in the book Exodus chapter 12 about the Passover. When they were to eat the Passover in Egypt, the Lord, God, ordinary God gives them that they should not break the bone. But for the sign of the Messiah, a bone should not be broken. And yet they didn't know that they were prophesying about the Messiah. They just knew that when he said they should not break the bone of the lamb they are using for Passover. But the same thing. And again, another scripture said, They shall look on him whom they pierce. You see that also in Psalm, Psalm 22, verse 16, and many other prophets. See, they will look on him whom they pierce because he was pierced on his side. And people said they will look on, they are looking on to him whom they pierce. These Gentiles would seek him. But start here. After this, now this is going to be later in the evening, right now. And after this, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews, besought Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus. And Pilate gave him leave. So he came therefore and took the body of Jesus. And there came also Nicodemus. Now these people that were always, they believed in Christ, but they were part of the rulers. So they kind of kept their mouth shut when the bigger the, the breasts of the rulers were opposing one to crucify him. So they kept their mouth shut. But now they have crucified him. So they came forward to, to give him the best, the, the last right, so to speak. To give me a decent barrier. So this Joseph of Almata was a, one of the counselors they called him. He went to, to Pontius Pilate and said he wanted to permission to to take the body of Christ. So when somebody is is uh, is offended even in the court of law right now, they have to crucify the person or kill him by whatever way they kill him. Is the is this is owned by the state. But if the family members wanted to get the body, they have to approach the, the police and say they want to take the dead body of this man. And they have to go through paperwork and, and release the body to them so that they want to give a proper barrier to whoever they think is, is giving a, a death sentence in even the law of American capital punishment, they call it. But if they don't want to, some people just leave it, leave it with the government. The government burying whatever they want to do. Some people do that also. God, you are angry with how everything went. So, but this Joseph Amatia went and get, got permission to, to take the body of Christ and give a proper burial, a decent burial, and the, the governor let him go. And then Nicodemus also, who was also one of the chief rulers who believed secretly, he came, he was one that came by night to Jesus Christ to ask questions. 
When Christ told that you must be born again, Nicodemus, anyone that's going to enter the kingdom of God must be born again. And that transpired. Then he also came bringing some spices so that they can give him a quick burial. It's a quick one because it's, they don't have time to do anything. It's going to be 6 p.m. very soon. And they have to, if they want to be pure and not say they violate their power, their Passover or the Sabbath, they have to do it before 6 p.m. So, and there came also Nicodemus, verse 39, which at the first came to Jesus by a night and brought a mixture of myrrh and aloe, about an hundred pound weight. That's a big, that's a lot, hundred pound. And they normally wrap that around the body. So if you are, if, if the body is like 150 pounds and you add, you add another hundred pound weight around it and wrap it up, that would be heavy, 250, not so. Because it's about hundred pound weight. But first they then took they the body of Jesus and wound it in linen cloth with the spices as the manner of the Jews used to bury. Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden. And in the garden, a new sepulchre, wherein was never man yet laid. Maybe a rich man has already cut off a sepulchre for himself that when he died, he's going to be buried there. In that garden, there was a garden there. And most of the rich people will prepare that for themselves. Within the time, people assume that maybe it was actually Joseph, Joseph the of Arimathea that owned the place. You don't know. He just said there was a garden there because these people that are reporting this are younger. So if Joseph of Arimathea was another person, he, he, only him and his family know that he is one of these people. But when they did this, he knew that the sepulchre is handy and he would prefer to just put the body of Jesus Christ there. And that happened in the days many times where somebody said, they bury someone said when he died, they wanted to him so to be buried next to that man. So he, that could be what was in his mind, but what happened was different. Because it was a borrowed sepulchre, of course. Borrowed because that was somewhere he they planned to that was why when he take, when he goes chapter 20, people were thinking maybe they moved his body. When but he rose again and got out of the place. But you see, when the women came, they thought. From the, the people that put him there temporarily, because it was like temporarily, it's getting to 6 p.m., you need to put him somewhere. They thought, well, maybe, maybe early in the morning on this, on the day, the, maybe they quickly came and moved him away. So that's why Mary Magdalene in the next chapter was saying, if you know, tell me where you move him to, we will carry him. But what was happening was dramatic, new, different to what they were expecting. So they took the body of Jesus and did the Winding of this linen and spice, verse 40. Verse 41 says, Now in the place where the, he was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden, a new sepulchre, wherein was never man yet laid. That's why I say it was somebody's sepulchre that he has created for himself, waiting for the right time for him to use it when he dies. Verse 42 There laid they Jesus, therefore, because of the Jews' preparation day, for the sepulchre was nigh at hand. That's the end of chapter 19, and uh, that will be the end of this. Someone are recording today, and I believe God is giving us some insight because all of these things were prophesied before Christ came. That this is how it will be, He was just fulfilling it. That He will be flogged, was wounded for our transgression, was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our, of our peace was upon Him, and by His stripes was in chapter, Isaiah chapter 53. But see, the people didn't understand the scriptures. And nobody will have understood until the Holy Ghost came and in the New Testament, in the God where the church was founded, the Holy Ghost was revealed. So Christ said, the Spirit of God will come, He will show to you all, He will lead you to all truth. 
and bring to mind what I have taught you. That's it. The Holy Ghost is one that's making us to understand all these things that we are reporting. That's why in this New Testament, we were able to explain it. That it was talking about Christ. And start, started, the Lord Jesus Christ started teaching the apostles and the disciples from, from the scriptures. You remember when he resurrected, you follow, and you see that in chapter 20 and so on, in the book of Luke also, he met some disciples, they were discussing it, and said, oh gee, you guys don't know the scriptures. It was explained to them. And then for those 40 days, the Lord was explaining to them all that had been written concerning him. That they didn't know. They thought singing. They just, it was just a song by David. And many of the prophecies that the prophet, the small prophet said, that he was pointing to them that they were talking about him, the Messiah. So he has to open their understanding. And that was why the church was able to understand this better than the Jews of that generation, or the Jews even up to now that didn't want to accept Christ. They thought it was just a, we are explaining to fit our own doctrine. No, it was the prophecy. God, that was the author of those prophecies, it was the only, the only way I can tell you what he meant. The Holy Ghost that authored the prophecies for Isaiah, through Isaiah, through Zechariah, through the King of King David in the South. It was it's the only way I can tell you what he meant. They thought these people are just writing poet, poetry. Even even the eunuch of Ethiopia was reading the Isaiah the prophet, and he said, Who is he talking about? Is he talking about himself or some other man? Because it looked like gee, he's describing the life of somebody here that was punished for some for some things. So he said, Oh, is he talking about and then the Philip evangelist Philip told him that he's talking about the Messiah, and the Messiah has come and fulfilled this, and he told, he told him about Jesus. And that's the look of them believe and say, Baptize me right now, I'm one of you. See? Those that have humble heart, God will reveal this to them. But those who wanted to be proud and think they know better than God, or their religion is better than your religion, they will be proud and they will go to hell if they don't repent. And God is asking us to humble ourselves. He says, he that seeketh findeth, he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. So that is one of the reasons why we are suggest for people to humble themselves. Search the scriptures. Christ told them, search the scriptures. Search the scriptures in them is the, what you say you have to tell them. They are speaking of me. They are speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ. They say only the Holy Ghost can reveal to the heart. So I pray that the Holy Spirit has released some of this to us and I will leave to you guys that are hearing that you may know that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by Him, the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you. God bless you. We continue this chapter 20, which is now the resurrection, in the next broadcast. God bless you.